0: Okay, so welcome back to Textual Feelings. I can hear the weird echo again, so I'm going to take off my headphones because I don't like it. So this is the show where we take a book and we put a soundtrack to that book and today Pete's here! Yay! Yay! Pete's my flatmate, (laughs) she's amazing. So, Pete picked the book for today, which Which is, I've just picked it up, but I've realized you can't see me, so (laughs) I don't know why I have. You're going to show us. uh, I'll show you, Pete. Here we go. Here's the book. (laughs) Oh, wow. And it's called East West Street, Um, and I was going to read out a summary of the book, but maybe, should I read out a summary, and then I'll ask you why you picked this book. Does that sound good? That that sounds great. Okay. Here we go. So apparently it's winner of the 2016 Bailey Gifford Prize for Nonfiction. There we go. Um, A profound and profoundly important book, a moving personal detective story, an uncovering of secret past, and a book that explores the creation and development of world-changing legal concepts that came about as a result of the unprecedented atrocities of Hitler's Third Reich. East-West Street looks at the personal and intellectual evolution of the two men who simultaneously originated the ideas of genocide and crimes against humanity, both of whom, not knowing the other, studied at the same university with the same professors in a city little known today that was a major cultural center of Europe, the little Paris of Ukraine, a city variously called Lemberg. Lever, Lvov, or Lviv, I don't know how you say those. It is also a spellbinding family memoir as the author traces the mysterious story of his grandfather as he manoeuvred through Europe in the face of Nazi atrocities. East West Street is a book that changes the way we look at the world, at our understanding of history and how civilization has tried to cope with mass murder.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds super heavy when you read it like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why did you pick this book, Pete? Um, well, I think, I think when, when you asked me to pick a book, I, uh, struggled and I, it kind of was the first book that came to my mind when I thought of books that I'd read recently as in the last couple of years and really, really enjoyed. And, um, yeah, this book, um, you study history. Yeah. I was going to say like, um, I read it a couple, like two summers ago and it was just before I started third year and I really hated uni and wasn't so keen on history either <laughs> i don't really u- read history books outside of uni as a rule kind of like yeah, too much history that's, uh, i'm never reading anthropology books in my spare time yeah it, it just kind of isn't fun is it yeah um <laughs> and yeah and then i just happened to um do a course on latin america and human rights abuses and we looked at human rights and i also um involved in uh, the amnesty society at uni so it all kind of weirdly came together
0: nice um, good yeah. choice okay so the um just having a look at my notes the song we just played was called i never saw another butterfly um composed by charles davidson and the song is based on the poems of the children of Terrazin. do you know how to say that is that Terrazin? Um, It's a camp for artists and musicians who were too prominent to kill outright during the um, Holocaust. And um, it's written for a children's choir with piano accompaniment. Um, And so this week I thought, because I was kind of thinking, which books can I, like, which songs can I pick to go with this book? So I thought I would play songs that were inspired by in some way, um, like what went on in Germany, but also in other Crimes against humanity or genocides and that sort of thing. Pay a little tribute. Sure. Okay, so the next song I'm going to play is called, I'm going to say this wrong, Charon's Gift by Tara de Mareth Oyens. Ooh. Yeah, I'll play it and then I'll tell you why I played it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. What am I doing? This is what I'm doing. So much suspense. Thank you. Okay, so that piece that's still playing in the background a little um, is, was called Charon's Gift by, and um, why did I make myself say the name again? Tara de Mareth Oyens. So this piece was written for the composer's husband. Oyens and her husband, Manachem Arnoni, made, tri- made a trip to places associated with the deaths of their family members during the Holocaust. So this person was already a composer. And Arnone became depressed, unable to forgive himself for his own survival, and attempted to take his own life, ending up in a coma for four days. Um, And so the piece of music is based on the story of Charon. And so the quote is, Like Orpheus, I descended into Hades, there to plead with Charon. As he released my dear one to me, Charon's gift was written in gratitude. Um, So... That one's pretty depressing. I'm going (laughs) to fade it out now. (laughs) Not that we've got any real cheery songs today. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of that, Pete? That was doing you a scare, you just Yeah, it was doing me a big old spook. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I think that song's interesting. We've got a few kind of avant-garde pieces today, I think. (laughs) Haven't we? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know what's coming. (laughs) Um, So I think we're going to play a song next that has a really nice, story behind it and I'll read you the little it's only a little story but um so basically it's based on anonymous text found written on a basement wall in Cologne Germany and it had been written by someone hiding from the Gestapo during the Nazi holocaust um and it says this is a powerful and moving testament to faith beautifully set um and I'll play it to you and then maybe I'll tell you what the lyrics are after I've played it. So even when God is silent. Okay, so that was Even When God Is Silent by the Masters, well, it was performed by the Masters College Choir, I think. Um, and sorry, my, the computer was doing a weird thing there and I wasn't sure if the music had ended. <laughs> um, so the words to that that were found on the basement wall in Cologne where I believe in the sun, even when it isn't shining. I believe in love, even when feeling it not. I believe in God, even when God is silent. I believe in the silence. So it's pretty powerful stuff. I think so. Um, so I was going to read um, a little extract from the book, just the beginning kind of page, um, and then play you another song, which Pete chose. So here we go. I'm... I'm not sure how good I am going to be at uh, reading this. Like, the are there any, like, foreign place names? Because that's what I always have trouble with in the <laughs> books that I pick. <laughs> Probably
1: not in the first page. <laughs> okay, here we go.
0: My earliest memory of Leon dates back to the 1960s when he was living in Paris with his wife Rita, my grandmother. They lived in a two-bedroom apartment with a tiny kitchen on the third floor of a worn 19th century building. Halfway up the Rue de Maubeau, The home was dominated by a musty smell and the sound of trains from the Gardenault. Here were some of the things I could recall. There was the bathroom with pink and black tiles. Leon spent a great deal of time here, sitting on his own, occupying a small space behind a plastic curtain. This was a no-go area for me and my more curious younger brother. Occasionally, when Leon and Rita were out shopping, we'd sneak into the forbidden space. Over time, we became more ambitious, examining items on the wooden table that served as his desk in a corner of the bathroom on which scattered indecipherable papers lay in French or more foreign languages. Leon's handwriting was different from anything we'd seen, spidery and words stretched across the page. The desk was also littered with watches, old and broken, which fed our belief that our grandfather was a smuggler of timepieces. Occasional visitors would arrive, elderly ladies with odd names and faces, Madame Schein stood out, Scheinman, sorry, stood out, dressed in black with a strip of brown fur that hang off hung off the shoulder. Her petite face powdered white and a smear of red lipstick. She spoke in a strangely accented whisper, mostly of the past. I didn't recognise the language. It was Polish, I later learned. So that's the first kind of page, almost page of the
1: book, and that's talking about his grandfather, am I right, Pete? Yeah, um... So Philippe Sands, the author, his grandfather um, is kind of uh, this enigmous, is that a word? I don't know. I'd, I like it. I, I think it should he's be. He's an enigmous figure <laughs> in his life and um, he's the central kind of character or presence throughout the book and uh, it follows Leon, who just happens to come from the same town, uh, Lwów, in Poland as uh, Lemkin and Lauterbach, the two kind of founding fathers of human rights.
0: Nice. Okay, so the next song I think I'm gonna play the next song and then maybe ask Pete to explain why she's picked it. <laughs> so here we go. This one's called Pranau de There Que nau Falai let das Flores by Geraldo yes. Vandre. I tried, I really <laughs> that tried. <was> great. <laughs>
2: Escolas nas escolas, a fome, em grandes plantações, pelas ruas marchando, indecisos cordões, ainda fazem Soldados armados, amados ou não, quase todos perdidos, de armas na mão.
0: Slightly sudden ending to
1: that song. <laughs> um, so why did you pick that song? So um, when I did said human rights course, <laughs> um, it was based in Latin America. And um, we've been trying, or like as a historian, I've been trying to look past kind of the traditional sources that we use. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my lecturer, and, um, kind of was like, you know, all these um musicians and artists were exiled or chose to go into exile during the dictatorships. So um Brazil is one of them and um Geraldo Van van Vandres. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um (laughs) he was one of them. And this song, I can't exactly remember what the lyrics are off the top of my head, but basically he's kind of like talking about offering a flower and he's talking about, you know, the piece the peace process that he wants to happen and um yeah so i just thought it was interesting because it's the way that music can be used as testimony after traumatic experiences and the holocaust was one of those (laughs) and that's what east East west street was about that's really that's like super interesting
0: (laughs) (laughs) i I really like that explanation (laughs) okay so the next song is called s brent um (laughs) this one is a weird one you can hear pete laughing (laughs) because it it is quite an odd song i'll tell you the um kind of story behind it um it's quite like powerful and moving but s brent in i'm not sure if it's i have to look this up maybe but i'm not sure if it's german or polish i feel like it might be german but it it means it's burning um i'll look it up while i'm playing it okay s brent
3: Our armstedtel never brennt. Weise winden mit ihr Gossen reißen, brechen und sie starker noch die wilde Flammen, als zerum scheun brennt. Und ihr steht und guckt, dass sich mit. And you und ihr steht und guckt, Städtel eingeschlungen, und die Bäser finden gutjen. Unser Städtel
4: brennt.
3: Und ihr Steintum guckt da so sich mit verlegter. steit und kocht so sich unser Städtel brennt es brennt Bridelach, es brennt die hilf is nur in ei allein gewend. Das stedel is echt heer, nem die keelen lest das feier, lest mit eier eigen blut, wat weist das ier das kenst?
0: Okay, so it turns out that I was wrong on both fronts. It's actually Lid- Yiddish, um, which makes sense because yeah. it's a mixture of, as you say, P- Hebrew and the Eastern European languages yeah. and Germanic languages. So, um, yeah, so that was a song that became popular during the Holocaust. And it means it's burning, and I think it's saying our town it's burning or my brothers it's burning. I think some of those are some of the lyrics. Um, And it was by the popular songwriter Mordke Gepertig from Krakow um, or Krakow, Krakow. Yeah, you can say Krakow. Krakow, okay. Um, So written in 1938 under the impact of the
1: 1936 Pristik pogrom. Sure. I, can, I yeah, cannot it. say it yeah, um, <laughs>
0: It came to be seen as a prophetic song Of the impending holocaust With its call to take up arms against the enemy And not stand idly by um, Yeah and the composer was killed In the Krakow or Krakow ghetto In 1942 by a bullet um, So I, I actually think that's a pretty Kind of You can see why it became popular Because mm. it's quite like Catchy isn't the right word But you know it's quite It's, it's like a sti- repeating Sticks in your head it? yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the next song we're going to play is not one that I can say I personally actually like that much. I'm not going to lie. But this, <laughs> this, is, um, this is one that was inspired by the Rwandan genocide. Um, so uh, after the genocide, local and inter- international artists used their music to bring forth awareness, advocacy and aid to Rwanda through their own personal experience um, and partnerships with NGOs. And this led to a wide spectrum of artists taking note of the disaster. Um, And then this song was played at the UN headquarters in 2014, Um, and it's called The Ben. No, sorry, the artist is called The Ben and it's called I Can See. Um, And he uses his music and remembrance as a way to educate and inform younger generations about the past and how to better prepare the future. Um, and talks about how the key to a better future is through forgiveness. Um, And so I'll play this song, and then maybe we'll have another extract, which I think Pete might read out. So I can see...
5: shed, strife and struggle, free from harm, and no more words. I believe if we stand together, we shall overcome an easy struggle. No more fighting, no more hate, the agony is gone. Hope is my T and Craig and Listen, step by step, I will follow you, hands in hands to the destination. and credit humanity and justice for The sky is blue. I can see the green fields. I feel free. I can see the heroes behind me. I can see. Yeah. The sky is blue.
0: Okay, so that was I can see by the Ben. Yeah, we don't we don't love that no. song, but the sentiment is nice. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was played at the UN headquarters. So, um, so I think you, yeah, you're going to read an extract now from the book, um, and this is from like somewhere in the middle of the book, I think, or maybe a bit near the end. Yeah, yeah it's I quite towards the end. Yeah, but <laughs> don't worry, no spoilers here. Um, <laughs>
1: Uh, so yeah, go ahead. Um, sure. I'll just start by saying that there's, there's a photo in on the page and it's of two guys. Um, they're lying in a field with a football and one of them is uh, Philippe Sands' grandfather, Leon, who we heard about at the start. Okay. Uh, Max managed to get out of Vienna, although when or how, I did not know. He went to America, to New York, then to California. He stayed in touch with Leon, and many years later, when my mother was in Los Angeles, she met him. He married late in life, my mother told me. No children. What was he like? Warm, friendly, funny, she said, and flamboyant. She smiled, a knowing smile. I went back to the only letter from Max that I found in Leon's papers. It was written in May 1945, on the 9th, the day Germany capitulated to the Soviet Union. It was a reply to a letter sent by Leon from Paris a month earlier. Max described the loss of family members, the sense of survival, the renewed sense of optimism. The words covered a palpable sense of hope. Like Leon, he embraced life, a cup half full. The last typed line caught my eye as it did when I first read it, although in a different way back then, without the context, without having heard Herter. Did Max linger on the memory of Vienna as he typed out the words, as he offered heartfelt kisses before closing with a question? Should I reciprocate the kisses, Max wrote, or are they only for your wife?
0: Wow. Interesting passage. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you pick that (laughs) passage? (laughs)
1: Uh, I chose it because, so in the start, just when, like the bit from when you read out, um, talks about Mm -hmm. the flat and that's at the very start. And it talks about how there aren't many photographs and there's not much kind of material Um, memories left over from Leon and um, Rita's past and uh, then Philippe finds all this kind of photographs and letters and stuff and they're very very personal and they kind of along the way through the book he reveals a little bit more about his grandfather's character and all these amazing things and kind of sneaky things that he got up to and one of them is this kind of enduring thing about his friendship with this guy um and um i think it just adds another kind of layer of complexity to leon as a character and also it's nice to read something that maybe is a little bit more like reflective of how life really is these kind of like hidden romances and or maybe it it was just a really good friendship um but Mm -hmm. yeah i i really enjoyed that part of it yeah
0: yeah that's interesting i like it um so the next I'm going to play. I'm only going to play a little bit of it, or maybe like half of it, because it's quite long. Um, But this was written by Steve Reich, and it's called Different Trains. Um, And it's described as, um, so this is the little summary of the, the piece. Reich, an American composer born in 1936, spent his childhood shuttling by train between his divorced parents' homes during World War II. After he became a composer, he began to wonder how his life might have been different if he had been a European Jew rather than an American Jew. He felt that trains might have still played an important part of his life, taking him to a ghetto and an extermination camp. He wrote a unique and interesting composition for string quartet and synthesizers. And I think it is quite an interesting piece. I like it. So, different trains. Steve Reich. Okay, so w- yeah, it's a pretty interesting piece, right? And the speaking over it is quite weird to me. Like mm. the rest of it is quite I don't know, the speaking part is like quite idiosyncratic, but. Um, so the next song I'm going to play is six Piano Sonata by Victor Ullman. Um so this piece was actually composed in Tereisenstadt concentration camp. Um, because of the structure of the camp, I think it might have been another one for artists and musicians or something like that. Um, but anyway, he could continue composing while he was in the camp. Um, and he'd been an up and coming composer in the early 1940s. Um, and he was then later killed in Auschwitz in the gas chambers in 1944. So this next piece is Piano Sonata Number 6. So that was P- piano sonata number no. six by Victor Ullman. Um, so the next piece I'm going to play is I'm just simply going to play it because it became popular at commemoration ceremonies for Holocaust survivors, and it's called Zognit Kinnal, um, and it's another Yiddish song, and it's become something of a Holocaust anthem, a remembrance ceremony. So I thought it would be a good one to play. It fits in very well with the theme of this show. Here we go.
6: So genit kein molas du gehst dem letzten weg Himmeln bleiene vorstellen blaue <laughs> Täg. Kommen wird doch unser ausgebänkte show Sveta poigt an unser Trott, mir do. Kommen wir doch unser ois Schau. Sveta poigt an unser Trott, mir do. Von grünem Palmenland bis Land von weißem Schnee. Wir kommen on mit unser Pein, mit unser Weh. Und wo gefallen ist der Spritz von unser Blut. Sprotzen wird dort unser Gwure, unser Mut. Und wo Gefallen ist der Spritz von unser Blut. Sprotzen wird dort unser Gwure, unser Mut. es wird die Morgensohn begilden uns dem Heid. Und der Nächten wird verschwinden mit dem Feind. Nur der wird die Sonne und der Kajor. Via paroles, soll gehen das Lied von door zu Dor. Nur ein wird die Sonne und der Kajor. Via parol soll gehen das Lied von door zu, zu Dor. Das Lied geschrieben ist mit Blut und nicht mit Blei. Es ist nicht kein Lied von einer Feige, läuft der frei. Das hat erfolgt zwischen Fallen, die Wänd. Das Lied gesungen mit Nagannis in die Händ. Das hat erfolgt zwischen fahlen die Wänd. Das Lied gesungen mit Nagannis in die Händ. Das sagt nicht kein Mol, als du gehst dem letzten Weg. Wenn Himmeln bleien, ne verstehen kommen wird doch unser Eis gebänkte Schor. Sveta poigt an unser Trotzmürsenen dort. Kommen wird doch unser Eis gebänkte Schor. Sveta poigt an unser Trotzmürsenen dort.
0: So that was Zogmit Kemo. Um and I think we've only got time for a couple more now. So um, we were just saying how much we like the Yiddish sounds of yeah. the it's yeah like
1: soft German we were saying, which is kind of yeah easier easier on the ear.
0: Yeah, and we're like we both like the German sounds. Yeah. but yeah, just it being softer makes it nice. I like it. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm going to play um, this one by Gail Fay called Petty Pace Um, So this um, guy is is Rwandan, Burundian, and French. I'm not entirely sure. I think he was born in Burundi, grew up in France maybe, Mm. and one of his parents is Rwandan or something like that. Um, And he wrote this song, Petit Pace, which means small country in French. Um, And he sings about the tragedy in his mother's homeland, the 1994 Rwandan genocide, during which... 800,000 and 1 million people in the Tutsi minority were killed um, and Fay graduated with a master's in finance in London before working for an investment foundation but then he ditched his job to start the band Milk, Coffee and Sugar mm-hmm. with Edgar Sekloka in 2009 and this is a song about that so I just thought I'd play another song just a, a different take on the, the Rwandan um, genocide.
7: Une feuille et un stylo apaisent mes délires d'insomniac Loin dans mon exil, petit pays d'Afrique des grands lacs Remémorer ma vie naguère avant la guerre, trimant pour me rappeler mes sensations sans rapatriement. Petit pays, je t'envoie cette carte postale, ma rose, mon pétale, mon cristal, ma terre natale. Ça fait longtemps les jardins de bougainvilliers, souvenirs enfermés dans la poussière d'un bouquin plié. Sous le soleil, les toits de tôle saint les paysans défrichent la terre en mettant le feu sur des brindilles. Voyez mon existence, avait bien commencé, j'aimerais recommencer, depuis le début mais tu sais commencer. Et nous voilà perdus dans les rues de Saint-Denis, avant qu'on soit sénile, on ira vivre à Ghissénie, on fera trembler le sol comme les grondements de nos volcans, Alors, petit pays loin de la guerre, on s'envole quand. Petit bout d'Afrique perché en altitude je doute de mes amours tu resteras ma certitude réputation recouverte dans un seul petit pays pendant trois mois à tout le monde t'a laissé seul j'avoue j'ai plaidé coupable de voir les projecteurs
0: okay so that was a little excerpt from um pace um, by Gail fay um and the last piece i'm going to play is called Aid Memoir by george Katz. Um, and this one <laughs> is, yeah, it's quite avant-garde, is it not? Yeah, it is. I was playing it in our kitchen last night, and it's it's quite something. So it I'm going to yeah. play you out with this. It's um, a collage of music, phrases, slogans, and mass cries, all taken from original sound documents of the Nazi period. They are put together to form seven nightmares from which the dreamer can find no rest, asleep, beset by terrible dreams, yet terrified to wake up and find the dream is reality. <laughs> and... On that note, if you're in America, vote. Yeah, definitely.
1: Exercise your right.
0: Aid memoir. Oh, okay, hang on. I've got to put it in the little thing to play (laughs) it. Is it going to work?
1: Is it? I hope so, because it's a real great one.
0: (laughs) Oh, here we go.